And what turned out to be a super eventful week two in college football, the NFL was just as exciting. No team is safe out here. No way you could have guessed the outcomes of these games. But through the chaos, dogs are still or finally back on top at the number one spot. As always, I'm Cheeto. And with me is Keegan. And welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. So week two saw so many upsets. It's it's not it's not usually common for week two in college football to start feeling like March Madness off the top, but coming coming into the week, we had number nine Baylor lose to BYU, ranked 21. So not not that crazy there. Notre Dame, number eight, losing to Marshall, Florida who I picked to win the game at Florida, losing to Kentucky. Kentucky showed up, um, really thought uh, Anthony Richardson was going to take a step forward. He has shown that he has still a bunch of glaring weaknesses as far as the QB position goes. Bama escapes Texas at Texas. Keegan is probably the only person that I saw that was very confident that this was going to be a game, thought that Texas was going to be, you know, potentially one of the final four when it comes to the playoff, and that could still be the case. They even ended up ranked after a loss. If that gives you any indication on like what we're looking at as, as far as how crazy this weekend was. But as of right now, I think the craziest upset has to be App State over Texas A&M, especially given how much money they forked out for the number one recruiting class, how big they've been talking, even though they haven't done anything. Having rallies where they're pretending as if they don't know anything about App State, questioning their football team and the general IQ of the student population. Terrible look for Texas A&M, but in college football, you got to remember, you can get humbled real, real quick. Keegan, which upset stood out to you the most or which one which one did you find to be the funniest or just the, the most surprising in your opinion? Oh, definitely the App State game, dude. I was so hyped. I remember the, like, you know, App State was actually one of the schools that I looked at going to. You know, believe it or not, like Boone's it was a great place, man. From yeah, here. yeah. Boone, Boone is really cool, and uh, and they care a lot about their football. And like the thing is, is like when this was like 2011, I'm like visiting, taking tours of schools. I'm in Boone, and just on about like every memorabilia shop they have, like team apparel kind of place, is the Michigan game, the Mich- the big Michigan upset. Yeah, they do this on. It's on at twenty four seven. Like yeah. it's just, they just keep it playing, bro. <laughs> they, They're like, they I'm like, I'm it, like, bro. literally, they just like walk outside, take a, <sighs> and then they look at that game, just play on a repeat. They're like another good day. They could be like zero and sixteen. That they'll season. never, they'll never forget it. That's what. That's probably one of the <laughs> biggest in college football to date. So I mean, so yeah, it's like they. Uh, I think people don't realize probably App State is one of these teams that's headed to being a perennial top 10 because they have the culture and the kind of historic program, even in FCS level. And I know like now I think they're division one, right. But it I seems believe, that, you so. know, 
Yeah, they've been like building a culture though for a minute. You know, they got uh, a strong fan base, a a good situation up there in Boone. So it doesn't. If there was a team to kind of do it, it might have been App State, and it uh, it definitely surprised me. And I know Jimbo Fisher was pissed, but like, it it just goes to show there's so much more going on in the game of football, the X's and O's that really go beyond what uh you know the media wants to put on a ranking or what even you know two pretty well-known dudes like us can guess sometimes just because that's the nature of football it's a very complex sport and yeah app state just outplayed them and at the end of the day that's really all it came down to their defense is stout man App State's defense looked really good and people get so upset when they hear coaches do all this coach speak like no we're going to treat this like a normal week we're going to respect our opponent you got to understand when some of these programs though they may be lesser in the star, star power, talent, whatever, when they get when they get really packed on the depth chart with those juniors and those seniors, the guys who have been in the program for a long time, and they catch you on a good day, if you're not going to take them seriously, you can get caught slipping. And, and, and again, like App State has been known to do it. Marshall, I mean, they've had players before, but you, you, you've got to be, you've got to be on it every week. You're not going to get a break, even from these small schools. They're taking a paycheck and you give them a dub that you just can't mm-hmm. you can't do that and and again similar to the kind of respect Kirby showed to Sanford and while we put them away pretty easily we did most of our damage in the first half uh having 30 of our 33 points but you can't you can't go to sleep cuz these teams are really out here trying to compete sometimes and i think that just goes to show this whole weekend just goes to show how serious you got to take some of these smaller quote unquote cupcake schools yeah i mean They'll test you. I mean, I feel like they were as tested in that second half at times than they were in the Oregon game. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's it's like it doesn't matter how big of an all-star you are in the NBA. If, you, if you're not putting your hands up and moving your feet with whoever's driving down the lane, you're not going to be playing defense. Like <laughs> there's more to it than just putting a, a fancy jersey on that won some titles many years ago and all the little – the glitter that comes with being a prestigious school, you know, we overlook a lot of these small schools, but I think, I think something's interesting, you know, this, it goes up for conversation at least that there's this whole talk about how, you know, the rich are getting richer, you know, the, the top schools are kind of pulling away. And while on the one hand, that's maybe somewhat true. It also seems like maybe the middle of the pack is getting more competitive because kids nowadays are getting coached up, and at a specialty, you know, getting specialized coaching for their position from a young age. And it's, I think it's making a world of difference. Like, you know, I think the game of the, the talent gap and is somewhat narrowing. Seems like everyone, everybody and their mama, even the smaller schools have like, you know, pretty nice training facilities and everybody's running their sprints and doing their jumping jacks and, you know, hitting the weights. I, I know, you know, at the top, it's probably a, still a little bit of a, you know, disparagement or it's not really very equitable, but maybe in the middle, it's getting more competitive. It's just something I'm kind of looking into, like as, as we watch and as things go on, are there going to be more and more upsets? Like our upsets going to be less upsetting, so to speak, you know? So just kind of interesting food for thought. I don't know about exactly on that, but just something I was thinking about. Fair enough. So given, given the natural uh, landscape of an upset, Obviously, normally, UGA, you know, we would be somewhere this season. And talking like Mark Rigged era, we would be, what, anywhere from like eight ranked to like 
10 to 15. So most of these games mm-hmm. would directly impact us, allow us to climb up in the rankings. But really, Florida and Kentucky, Florida, Kentucky game, and then Bama and Texas really impact us directly. What were your thoughts on both of those games? Um, did you have Kentucky pulling it out? And then I know you were already set on Texas, but like, just give me your two cents on what you saw, what you what yeah. you were right about, what you felt like you may have missed after seeing the game. Yeah, I I was I did have Kentucky winning, and I I was pretty confident about Kentucky for the sole purpose that you know they've been building a good program for like ten years now, and they've right. had a winning program for like the last handful of years, facts, and. Facts. A lot of respect to Mark Stoops. Uh, like Kentucky had a lot of continuity, and they had and their, but their running back. back was out. I picked Florida because it was at Florida. They were kind of on a roll, and Chris Rodriguez, the rush SEC's rushing leader last year, was out. I figured that was Florida's perfect opportunity, and uh, they put the bed. No, I see. I think Kentucky is like as good as some of the uh, average Mark Rick Georgia teams, you know, they're pretty damn good. I'll give you that. I, I feel like they're like a B plus team this year. Like, and they, to me, when I heard the running back was out without even really knowing the roster that well, I just going to feel like, Oh, they probably got a, at least another guy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're just at that point where okay. they probably got at least two guys. Like they're kind of how Auburn was when they were good beside that national championship year in my mm. mind. Like they're not elite, but they could very well upset any of the elite teams. And, you know, they're at that level too where they're reachable by some of the like more sorry teams. And even though Florida had the home field advantage, seems to be coached very well. Uh, you know, outside of some of the big plays, you know, I saw that um, Anthony Richardson, he's like near dead last in QBR percentage. Yeah, it's, or, it's poor or, right now. If, if you make that, if you make him you know, throw the ball and like use his IQ, he's struggling at the moment. So yeah, so it's, he's not really as developed yet, even though he's got the potential and he's definitely you know a good ball player, definitely a real athletic dude. You know, Florida just didn't really have like enough. Like I I feel like my thing and even with the uh, the Texas thing, I, I you know I didn't really expect him to pull away heavy or even. You know, I kind of figured Bama had the, the better chance of winning if I was betting, but it just seemed like Texas had been recruiting on an elite clip for a minute. So as far as that game was concerned, it just seemed to me that even though Bama's got all the moving pieces, they don't seem to have – they haven't shown me, at least in the national title game, you took away, you know, their top receiver, and now no one's stepping up and making plays like they really ought to. You know, not enough to beat us. And, uh, you know, it's just like – it's more like I'll believe it when you show me is kind of my philosophy for picking these a lot of these games. Like, I and Tennessee proved me wrong, but it seemed like – Good um, win for Tennessee, I, by the way. Hell of a I, win. Hell of a win. I was very right on most of those picks. I think I was like four for two. And really the one I lost, most people would have put Texas in the other one um, – Tennessee, you know, I I was just kind of like, yeah, y'all got to show me, you know, to prove me wrong to 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 say that at this point, y'all are your program's at that level. Like I know the hype for Tennessee is at that level, but that's different from actually, you know, going out in the field and doing it. And that's um, kind of what I was relaying back to Texas, Bama, and the Florida Kentucky game. It's just like with Texas, I, I felt like it was time for them to show something at that caliber, and then. For Florida, it's like you guys just like had a terrible season last year. Sanford 
put 52 points up on you. And now I'm supposed to believe because y'all got a new coach and like a couple of, uh, you know, bells and whistles, all of a sudden y'all are just going to dominate a consistent Kentucky program that is, you know, like on the come up, right, knocking on that door. You know, there there are a few recruiting classes away from being in that uh, elite tier. So, you know, I just didn't believe Florida was going to do it that quick. And I still don't. I still think they – They'll probably lose to Tennessee. They'll probably lose to us. Florida will probably lose another game, honestly. You know, it's and it's not because they don't have potential. It's just it's a tough league. <laughs> you know, it, it is so, a tough league, and and they've put themselves they've put them dug themselves a hole that they're going to have to climb out of. I think they can do it, but again, it's going to be week to week, and they're just going to have to get play better play out of Anthony Richardson. But Upsets aside, uh, let's you know hop back into the Georgia Sanford game. So again, we won thirty-three to zero. Not our most dominant performance. Most of the damage was done by halftime, thirty points, and then a lot of field goal work. I mean, uh, Pod Lesney kicked field goals all day long. So if anything, special teams got <laughs> a lot of practice. So that was good. But um, Stetson, I didn't I didn't know how far Kirby was going to let him. Like you know, you want to keep the stat since he's in Heisman quote-unquote contention right now you want to keep the stats fairly good first half and then you know get your get your depth chart really involved in the game no need to risk injuries so Stetson finished with 300 passing yards on the day uh, passing touchdown to Dylan Bell and then a rushing touchdown so stat wise not a bad day again it's a cupcake we'll have plenty of time to make up those stats Kirby's not even a stat guy uh Kenny McIntosh had a touchdown as well and then outside of that the, the majority of it was field goals so offense after I think it's it's hard after you come off of a 49-point outing against a top mm-hmm. 15 team and then you put 33 on a cupcake. But, again, Kirby's dad's alum. I don't think – if we wanted to go out there and embarrass them or their arrival, we could have done that. But there's no need. There's no need to flex your muscles here and be childish. But um, even still, we move up to number one in the AP poll after all of the chaos in week two. And conference play starts next week. Uh, at South Carolina, which if Spencer Rattler and co can get going, even though they have some injuries, it could be an interesting game. Uh, We'll see how long they'll be able to hold up. But uh, Keegan, just your initial reaction to uh, the Sanford game. Thoughts? We pushed pushed the shutout. Yes, good point. point. All the above. We pushed the shutout, but it was ugly at times. And, you know, it was a crazy weekend where we saw two top 10 teams you know, lose, and we talked all about that, and it's just that Georgia didn't dominate in the way I thought they should, but at the end of the day, they took care of business. There was no uh, major surprises, and everyone got the ball. Like, Andy Mitchell uh, rolled his ankle, and I think he's probably Hi, not likely. Yeah. yeah, I think he's probably going to be out against South Carolina, it seems, but uh, uh, maybe outside of uh, Eric Gilbert, um just about everybody in the mama got the football. So it seemed like, you know, Jackson Meeks got the ball some. Um, a couple of uh, – Dylan Bell got the, you know, the ball some. some. A lot of the younger guys got the ball. So, you know, I, I liked what I was seeing on the offensive side of the ball um, in, that, in those terms. I, I know we were probably trying some things out, but the execution level has got to be higher. Yeah, and if we're playing to a standard. You know, maybe outside of knowing – this next weekend that there's a few guys hurt for South Carolina. And honestly, you know, I like, uh, I like it when there's no excuses, but that said, you know, 
Columbia is a very hostile environment. They're ready for a win, and, you know, we'll get all into it. But you got to clean up some of these pieces from the Sanford game. There's a few times where the execution level wasn't at its highest, and with that, um, you know, the offense still had some bright spots with Stetson doing well, Carson Beck getting some play, and a lot of guys getting touches. And then, you know, like you talked about, um, Kenny McIntosh having – the amount of receptions he did and the amount of touches he did in the game, I think that that's as much a product from teams really overcompensating, guarding some of the guys they know aren't worth trying to get the ball. Right. So it kind of it kind of leaves a void for him, and and who better than someone who's been working on their catching ability? And he's taking advantage. Years. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, so it, it works out well for him. Works out well for Georgia, and overall the defense did great. I thought that was a Solid point. Uh, Malachi starts actually got the start. I thought he, I might have thought he got started last week, but I know, I mean, I knew he made that big play, but just, you know, he got a start. And then um, Michael Williams had his first that. So Love. all those were kind of the, the things I took away that were positive, even though I was like thinking in my head, yeah, we should at least put 45 on them. But hopefully they know that as much as I do. They definitely week, do. They, they uh they get at it so yeah offense will get back to the drawing board but to touch on the defense again pitching another shutout and just to give you a, a little perspective here the dogs have actually pitched a nation's best nine shutouts since kirby came to uj in 2016 um and that again that's a record and it's not just cupcake teams yes event sometimes some of those games have been against lackluster opponents but you got to remember also in there are georgia techs Arkansas last year when they were ranked, what, number eight? Vanderbilt, Kentucky last year when they were, you know, it's it's not much different of a team last year as this year. And, again, I think it just goes to show the standard that we play with. So even though offense really didn't live up to their billing, defense consistent as consistent can be. I think at this point we're averaging 40 points per game on the offensive side and one and a half points on the defensive side. And, again, that differential, that's how you win championships. And for UJ, we've talked about it before in the podcast as soon as Kirby got here. Our problem in the Mark Rick era was always elite offense or elite defense and just a piece of the defense. Right. It was never a complete team. Now with Todd Munkin got this offense humming, Kirby has been consistently holding down the defense. Doesn't matter if it's a no-name or a household name on the depth chart. Plays good defense. Will Muschamp is the same type of coach, if not more intense than Kirby. So I think we've got a, we got a beautiful thing going on here at the university of Georgia. And um, sometimes you just got to stop, take a second and appreciate the greatness when it's there. Cause again, these are the glory days and these, these stats are why we want to start this podcast championships and these big, big stats. No lie. <laughs> and, and it's been a good time <laughs> documenting. Yeah. And um, for those who, again, for those who partake, Week one, Monday night kickoff is actually about to get started here, or Monday night football is about to get kicked off here just a little bit. So for those who partake in fantasy, it's been a week. Me, personally, I got my teeth kicked in. I had to play Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams. Two of those being on the same team. Got my teeth kicked in. Hopefully your team fared a little bit better than mine. Keegan, I know you're a Falcons fan. Were you expecting to win against the Saints? Because I don't see the Falcons winning more than four games this season, but I'm just a hater. What I like, I know. 
I liked how uh, the Falcons played them, but they definitely fell apart in the fourth quarter. So my thing is, is like, okay, they're still letting me down, but I like I saw some players. <laughs> I saw progress. some players for potential. Yeah, I, I like Marcus Mar- Mariota kind of shit the bed there at the end there, no lie. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. He played pretty well. I like how we're using him outside of the uh, pocket there, rolling him out and whatnot. So I like the dynamic he brings to Atlanta's offense, and I like their, how there's familiarity there with Arthur Smith. So I see some bright spots for their future, but um, we'll kind of see. Like, ask me again in like three or four weeks. Right now, I'm like, okay. The schedule just gets tougher, my guy. Yeah, I think the schedule just gets tougher. uh, The upside for Atlanta, I feel like, if I'm being real, is probably like best case scenario, uh, what, like eight and nine? Maybe like. You see eight wins on that schedule? Um, you know, that's like I said, that's best case scenario. From what I saw from that first loss, I could be like, okay, if everything went great from what I'm seeing, you know, how it's like that win probability and fantasy, you know, it can shift a little bit. It's like, <laughs> it shifts, that's yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, like best case scenario, if I'm <laughs> just being a dreamer, look, if I'm being a dreamer, they're winning eight games. <laughs> like, okay, well, I'll keep it, I'll yeah. keep it realistic, and, yeah. and we'll just see. Like, I'll, I'll give them the opportunity to do that thing. I know it's Marcus Mariota, well, and some people are already like, if we would have had Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan and the Colts, they look, they, got lucky came away with a tie they they're working on it they've got matt ryan throwing it 50 times right now in the offense just no wide receiver to really give him help so uh it was a, it was a funky week in the nfl too tie, two ties two overtime games like three games like yeah. one two three point leads going into the fourth so it's it's all over the place but it'll drive you mad or it can make you the happiest dude in the world but that is that is football so it's, it's good to be back and full full tilt full swing and we'll try to keep up with some of the the main stories here along with the dogs and the upsets and all the things uh but dog nation uh enjoy being back at number one but sec play starts week three and we got a lot of work to do a lot of unfinished business and the grind doesn't stop so let's just keep it going and keep rolling keegan as always i appreciate you and as always guys you know what it is off the leash I do it for the dogs.